This is episode number 37 of the Abuse Talk podcast with me, Jennifer Gilmore. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my pain into a purpose. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and believe that together we are louder. Each fortnight there is a new episode on the Abuse Talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector and sharing it with all of you. We are also mixing it with survivor stories, those with lived experiences. We can learn from them and help raise the awareness of domestic abuse. In this episode, I speak to Jennifer Blue. She's on a mission to raise the awareness of domestic violence one community at a time. Before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to Rockpool. They're the main sponsors for Hashtag Abuse Talk and they have their next Rockpool conversation coming up on the 8th of March. It's with Andy Brearley and he is a youth justice specialist with a multidimensional insight into the justice system. It's a three o'clock on the 8th of March UK time and you can actually go along for free. So check out their website rockpool.com. I also need to say a big thank you to Susan Rahima and Katrina Hay for being Hashtag Abuse Talk tier patrons on patreon.com forward slash Jen L. Gilmore. Now let's get into that conversation with Jennifer Blue. I'm so excited today because I believe this is my first um, interview or conversation. It's a conversation um, that has come from Clubhouse. I have got addicted to that platform. So I'm really delighted to have Jennifer Blue with me. Um, The first person that I really connected with properly, I think, to get together and do something and have this um, conversation. And clearly um, there are things in her bio that I really connected with. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I would say good morning because it's morning (laughs) here, but it's good afternoon over there. But yes, Clubhouse is amazing. This is actually Clubhouse come to life, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've only been on there a few weeks, but I've had some really great conversations and obviously this has come from it as well. So I'm really delighted that we've met through that platform. I don't know. Are you addicted to Clubhouse? I am looking for a rehab group for Clubhouse because I'm that addicted. You could literally literally be at Clubhouse 24-7 and I think some people are. Yeah, I think so. It is. Um, And for those people that don't know what Clubhouse is, because I think people are still learning and are unsure Mm -hmm. about the platform, it's like an audio chat platform and you go into rooms, you can be listening to talks, discussions, Q&As, you can join the virtual stage and be a part of the discussion. And um, it's been really fantastic to make value valuable connections have I explained clubhouse in the right way do you think Jennifer (laughs) yeah I think that's a good description of it um the one little caveat about it would be you have to be invited in Mm. so um a lot of people that I've talked to have not heard of clubhouse yet Mm. um but I think it's starting to get more popular as we go I joined it on Christmas 
Eve or Christmas Day. So I've been on for a couple of months, but yeah, it's amazing. I've made some really good connections and it, it, I think it's going to be very, very um, popular in the next, within 2021. Definitely. I've just heard that Mark Zuckerberg has just joined as well. So he's now on Clubhouse. So it's kind of exciting because you get to have these conversations with people you would not have the ability to. Even if you're at a conference, you just can't get close to those people, can you? So it's quite nice. Um, And for anybody who is on Android, I'm sorry, it's only on iPhone at the moment. Anyway, we are veering off to the clubhouse (laughs) wormhole here, which is generally what happens when we end up in a room and we end up talking about the platform rather than the the topic so um jennifer we connected because obviously the link with uh domestic abuse would you like to share a bit of your journey obviously you've got so much going on and obviously you've got the jennifer blue project so i'm really excited to find out more about you well um girl my story i could talk about it all day but um broke in a nutshell because i'm a talker so um in a nutshell i was in an abusive relationship from the time I was 18 until I was 32. Um, I was a victim of domestic violence. And then from there, I made the choice of not letting it make me bitter, but make me better. And so I really went into prayer about that with God. And I was just like, you know, Lord, because it took me for a really, it took me a long time to even admit I was a victim of domestic violence. But then when I saw the after, after effects of how it affected mm-hmm. my life, Um, and it was making me a really bitter person. Like I just wasn't happy, even though I had left, um, I still wasn't happy. And so I had made the decision to make it, let it make me better than make me bitter. And from there, I went on the whole journey of healing. Um, and then when I got to like towards the, after I got through the forgiveness part, because there's a part of the healing that you have to forgive. And um, that's a whole nother conversation. But once I got past that, it was like God just dropped this whole vision on me that my purpose here on earth is to help women know that there's life after abuse. Mm. And oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, I love that you said um, what was that bitter yeah, I didn't want, I wanted to be better, not bitter. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really refreshing to hear because. I think when you, I don't know, when when you initially come out of an abusive relationship, you do kind of feel like when you have that realization moment of actually what happened to you, you do feel really like bitter and angry and frustrated and why me kind of feeling, but you clearly changed that why me into, well, I've got a reason as to why, and now I'm helping so many people. Um, so obviously you said about um, your healing process. What what do you have any like steps that you took um, to start that journey off? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a workshop. It's called Code Blue: How to Resuscitate Your Life After Abuse, and I talk about this a lot. And I always talk about journaling journaling was so important because that was like my safe space. You know how sometimes when you talk to people, they'll be like, oh, girl, you don't deserve that. Or girl, why did you leave earlier? It's like you get judged. And so my journals were my safe space. Nobody could tell me how I was feeling was wrong. Um, It was a great way to like vent and not, you know, revent rhetorically, basically, you know. Um, So my journals and then, of course, my relationship with God, That those were my two... um, the paddles of resuscitation for me. And then from there, once I really admitted that I 
kind of understood what I had just got out of, I started the, the toughest process was forgiveness. Mm. I literally forgave him, but I also had to forgive myself. Not that I did anything wrong, but I had to forgive myself and, you know, not leaving sooner. You know, I felt bad for subjecting the kids to that for so long. And so there was some forgiveness for me, but not never, never blame. Like, cause I, mm. I wasn't, you know, to blame, but there was certain things that I just felt I needed to forgive myself for. I mean, I know you said that it's a whole other topic in terms yes. of forgiveness, <laughs> which it is, it's clearly a big topic, but how, how have you been able to even get to that point of, you know, being willing to forgive. I mean, it's so difficult. I think, I don't know whether I can say that I've fully forgiven my ex for what's happened to me. I think I still probably struggle with that and I'll be open and honest. Yeah, and absolutely. And as you should, you know, everybody, a lot of women ask me, well, how did you, how did you even forgive him? How did you get to that point? Like you just did. Um, It was more so for me and not for him. Mm. You know, I wanted to let go of that weight. I needed to let go of, it was like he had controlled so much of my past. I, I, I remember saying, he's not going to get my future too. And so I had to come to terms with, I had to just let it go. I had to just drop that baggage off and move forward. And you move a lot quicker when you're lighter. Because when you're weighed down with all that unforgiveness, you move slow. But when you let it go, I, I, I think that's what helped me um, kind of move a little bit faster in my process of healing because you have to heal before you really can move on. You know, so many women feel that, Oh, I can just act because I was one of them. I was like, Oh, I can just act like this never happened and start dating again. That was a huge, huge mistake. You know? So I realized like you have to heal from one trauma, you know, in order to like move on to the freedom and move on to happiness. Cause if not, you're just carrying that trauma with you all through life. Mm, definitely wow I mean I could I could I think I just need to listen to you like for a whole <laughs> afternoon just to to get myself yeah. going um well I mean obviously you you've gone through this process you've come out of that abusive relationship had this amazing healing and forgiveness and now you're helping other people you've referenced um a course um already can you tell us about the Jennifer Blue project because there's so much to it yeah, it's so funny how the project came along, uh, well, how it started. So once I had got through like the forgiveness part, you know, I've always been a spiritual person, but we didn't grow up, you know, growing to church or, you know, just we didn't grow up really religious, spiritual. And um, it's like once I came over the forgiveness part, God just t- dropped on me. You know, he's like, OK, I want you to write a book about your life. I was like. I didn't even graduate from high school. Like I dropped out in the 12th grade, but I ended up going back to get my GED when I was like 32. Um, And I never liked school, but that's just, that was just me. Um, So I wrote that, I started writing the book. And then I remember like two months later, I was picking my, my niece and my daughter up from school. And he said, write a play when you get to your marriage part of your story. And I was like, okay, God, you have a great sense of humor. Like you got great jokes because first you want me to write a book. Now you want me to write a play. I don't know neither. You know, I don't know how to write a play. And I said, the only thing I knew was I love Tyler Perry. Um, I don't know. Do you guys know who Tyler Perry is in London? I mean, I don't personally, but I might do it. Carry on with 
Yes, he's an amazing playwright. Um, he's done film and stuff, but his famous character is Medea. Um, right. Okay, so I was like, you know, I'm a huge fan of Tyler Perry. And so finally, I just said, Lord, if you want me to write this play, you got to write it through me. And that's exactly what he did. And throughout writing the play, the project came about, the Jennifer Blue Project. And so I, what I've done is I've taken entertainment and I've uniquely used that into, I call edutainment, where I entertain, <laughs> where I entertain and educate at the same time. And so I, I, I love entertaining people and educating them at the same time. And so I started using the play as edutainment. And then from there, I just got invited to do speaking events and um, all types of awesome events. And so I got, a, I just finished my second book. And so it just kind of like all evolved from the play, which we did win an award for. I was wow. super, yeah, I was very excited about that. Um, I don't take any credit for it because I, you know, God wrote it through me, but yeah. So from the play evolved the project. It's so funny. Tell, tell us what the award was then. Congratulations. So thank you. So I won an award for, um, it was from the Purple Raindrops Group in Atlanta, Georgia, here in the States. And they gave me an award for the uniqueness of um, my advocacy for domestic violence awareness. Oh, wow. So I was super honored for that. They're an amazing group. And it was an amazing night. It was like almost like, to me, it was like being, at, you know, the Oscars or the Emmys. I just felt so amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I think you deserve all of that, to be honest. Oh, um, being able to actually come up with a new terminology for a start, you know, and <laughs> how you educate through that form of entertainment. I think it's so important. Um, I'm quite a creative person myself. So I really, awesome. I, I like being active and, you know, I can't just sit and listen to like or read screens for a long time it ha have to be engaging and mm -hmm. you know have that hands-on kind of experience so I think you doing that is obviously going to help so many people um so what kind of audience will um you know be watching the play um and I don't think we grabbed the title of your play oh yeah so the title is easier said than done um, it's inspired by events that I went through. Um, and that was the funny thing is when God told me to write this play, I was like, oh my God, Lord, like I've been in this, I was in this relationship from 18 to 32. Like, how do I do that in two hours? And so he told me where to start the play. And so I really started it at the end of my relationship. And um, there's, it's, it's actually funny. It's, it's a comedy. It's a drama. It's suspenseful. Um, the story is really good. I'm excited about it. Um, I'm sorry, girl, I got rolling on the title. What What was the question? <laughs> I was asking exactly what it was called, which you did. Oh, um, yes. You got to that. that um, so no, that's great. I mean, um, so how has, um, I suppose I should probably ask how COVID then and um, lockdown over there for you, how has that affected your work then? Um. <laughs> I actually ended up taking um, some time off from working to dedicate to the play and the project um, so I could really give it my all. Um, and plus, I was a novice at it. You know, I was learning. I didn't really, you know, I wasn't like a pro or anything. So I'm, I'm really grateful that God allowed the time, you know, for me to. I, I literally took about two and a half years off 
from working to focus on the play and the project and get that up running. And so now I, whereas it took me like two years to write the play, now I can pretty much write a play in a couple months. And then I know the process to go from there. So yeah, I think it's definitely like one, it's like a skill, isn't it? I guess like, you know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I totally can understand that. Well, it sounds, you know, really exciting then. So um, can, can you tell people where they could find you? Um, how they can they can anybody over here in the UK or whoever we've got listeners from all over the world so could anybody access your course um, if they can watch the play um, how can people find you yeah absolutely man this is it's so like surreal for you to say people over here in the UK and around the world like this is amazing I'm super honored thank you so much for having me on but um, I'm on Clubhouse of course uh, Jennifer Blue I'm on instagram the real jennifer blue because someone hacked my old account so i had to come back stronger and tell them i'm the real jennifer blue um (laughs) and then i'm also on facebook (laughs) agree you have to forgive me i'm crazy sometimes um i'm on facebook uh jennifer blue and then i have the jennifer blue project on facebook um that's connected to my instagram so it's usually best to connect with me on instagram yeah um that's usually where i'm on more is instagram so the real jennifer blue and um, I change my hair all the time. Sometimes I'm a short blonde. Sometimes I'm a long blonde. Sometimes I'm brunette, like you're looking at now. So um, I, yeah, I had noticed might... from a couple of the photographs. I was like, <laughs> I... man, her hair, her hair is amazing. <laughs> like I've got a picture of you with the blonde hair, and then I was sent one with it with the blonde short hair, and I was like. <laughs> I, I just want your hair, I think, to be honest. <laughs> Girl, I'm going to tell you a secret, but don't tell anybody. Wigs are amazing. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, I've been thinking about it just because I'm on Zoom all the time. And I think yes, everybody else, girl, is like, that- nobody can tell if you're on Zoom, right? <laughs> no, girl. I call her my girlfriend. You throw that little girlfriend on. Don't nobody don't. You can't even tell. I had a lady on. Actually, it's funny. On um, I met a clubhouse and we became Facebook friends. And then one day I had posted up a picture of my story with like, I think my brown braids I have in now. And then I had posted, no, it was a brown ponytail. And then I had posted up a picture with my blonde short hair and she messaged me and she was like, okay, wait a minute. What color is your hair? Cause I literally seen two different pictures in one day with two different hairstyles. <laughs> she didn't know if it was really me or not. <laughs> Well, there we go. At least, well, we know now. I think every it's not a secret anymore because everybody else knows as well. So there we go. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go on, carry on. No, no, I was just going to say, and that's one of the things, like after I left my, my abusive relationship, you know, I didn't have all this energy. I didn't have, I didn't really know who I was until I left him. And when I left him and I went on that journey of healing, I got to know who I really was. And let me tell you, I love me. I love life. Like I, I love smiling. I never realized how much I, I can literally notice when I'm laughing now because I didn't laugh as much then. And it's like, now I'll catch myself laughing. I'll be like, man, I love laughing. You know, it's just little things. And then with the wigs and the makeup and, you know, I like to get my full glam put on. And I didn't never really do that when I was with him. No, well, I guess the reason why I picked on your hair in a way as well and mentioned it is because when, when I was with him, I had really long hair. So if this is, I mean, this is kind of long. You're looking at me with long hair now, mm-hmm. but it went all the way down to my bottom. Oh, and wow. When I um, left, I 
chopped it off right up to like my chin here and it was very scary but mm-hmm. actually uh, my friends said it was almost symbol you know like symbolism you know I've I've cut it I can do what I want I can, can have my hair how I want it I got a tattoo as well it's really not like <laughs> okay. me I said I would never get a tattoo but I got one um <laughs> and it's just a simple bow on my ankle um but it was just about the fact that I could do it and having that freedom so I kind of get where you're coming from in terms of you know embracing freedom in a way yes. and the choices yes. and decisions and um, I don't know about you, but I found it really hard in the beginning, like making simple decisions. Um, and Absolutely. one thing I always struggle with, which I think normal people struggle with anyway, and I'm not going to say normal in that term, but everybody will struggle with choosing what you're going to have for dinner, especially if you've got a partner. So my husband will say, what are we having for dinner? And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it anymore. I don't want to choose. You know, you choose for me. And he's like, no, I don't want to choose. So then it becomes this battle of who's going to choose dinner. But actually behind it all is the fact that I didn't have options back then. And I still struggle sometimes to come to a conclusion or that, um, that decision. And sometimes I just don't want to make that decision because let's face it who wants to to go down the route of um what we're having for tea when five options and then we're still not there so (laughs) no I absolutely went through that um with me it wasn't dinner but it was it was very close to dinner Mm. it was um dishes in the sink because and, and I know that sounds like so crazy but I remember, you know, he was a very, you know, I always keep a clean house. My house has always been clean. Even when we had, you know, kids running around the house, the house was always clean. And he was very adamant on having a clean house. And his biggest thing was like the kitchen had to be clean before we went to bed, you know, regardless if the kids clean the kitchen or I clean the kitchen. And that was just always something he will always complain about. So when I moved out, I remember I was in my apartment from, I don't know, maybe a month or two. And I had came home from work and I had cooked dinner for me and the kids. And I was just really tired that night. And I was like, oh, but I got to do the dishes before I go to bed. And then I was like, no, you don't. You don't have, you can do the dishes in the morning. And so I struggled with it for a minute. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the dishes in the morning. And I went to bed and when I woke up, it was like amazing. You know, there was like some dishes in the sink, but guess what? Nobody was yelling. And that for me was like my first sense of freedom, you know, Mm -hmm. like enjoying the peacefulness, you know, of not having like somebody in my ear. Like I remember one time I had cooked, um, I don't know, scrambled eggs or something before I went to work and I didn't, I was rushing to work when I was with him and I had left the pan in the sink and he called me at work and was like, if you don't get your so-and-so, so-and-so butt back here and do this, wash this pan, why would you leave it in the sink? And I'm like, it's a pan. If it's so, you wash if it's bothering you that bad. I was rushing this morning and I only worked probably 15 minutes, 10 minutes from my job Hmm. but he was like don't make me come up there and I was like you know what let me just go home and so I literally went home on lunch to wash one frying pan and a spatula just so that he wasn't you know yelling that night which he probably still ended up yelling that night but so when I moved out not doing dishes one night was so huge for me it was like such a big step no and I guess it's almost like like there's a, a 
a pressure off off you isn't there like you know you have the choice to leave those dishes until the morning and you don't have to worry about this stress and anxiety and build up in terms of I need to get this done before I go to bed because let's face it we don't always want to do that before we go to bed anyway do we because we just might be tired out exactly um but it's I think for me and um I'm I'm guessing you'll relate to that it's the small things the small things the things that even now there's still things that will crop up and I'll be like oh I've been doing that that's a habit or you know I'm still like piecing together the jigsaw and I've been Mm -hmm. out of that relationship for several years and there's still things that I think oh that was changed within me in my habits because of that relationship but I've only just realized it now um and one of the things that I always use as an example which is probably like an extreme example is that I used to have to ask permission to go to the bathroom and Mm. when I came out of that relationship I would say to my new partner is it okay if I go to the toilet and he was like why are you even asking me and I'm like because you know is it okay and in the end it took so long I changed it into I'm just letting you know I'm I'm going to the bathroom is that oh you know is that you know I was like kind of like saying is that okay but I was just informing and now I don't I don't have to say it obviously because I mean you know thank goodness I don't have to it's a human right but there are times where I will forget you know you forget because it is a habit Um, and I'll ask and he'll just be like no Jen you're not you're not allowed come on you know and trying to snap me right out of it but I think it's those really subtle things that you don't really recognize until you've had that realization and then you have to work out how am I going to change that so initially for you doing those dishes was was a Mm -hmm. big moment but subliminally there might be times where you feel like you need to get it done um, and have to remind yourself that actually it doesn't matter you know do I relate or am I right No. no absolutely I totally agree with you you know I'm I don't mind telling my age. I'm 48. I'm going to be 49 this year, but um, I left him when I was 32, but it literally, it's not like I healed overnight. You Mm. know what I'm saying? Like I may be this happy, you know, energetic person, but you know, I still have my moments. Absolutely. You know, and that's just normal. But I think once you start realizing that and you start seeing that, like, I mean, just asking you, I'm going to kind of jump into the interview seat now, but real quick, I mean, do you, because I know I do, do you, do you sense the sense of healing, you know, like from where you be, you know, from when leaving him to now, like, it sounds like you have an amazing partner in life, you know, which I'm so happy for you. But I mean, I just really see every day, like, I just feel like I'm just continuing to grow. Yeah. Like, if you'd have met me back then, so seven years ago, I was completely different. I was scared to even approach my children's teacher and say, I disagree with how you handled that situation. You know, even if it was just like my son did something wrong and he was like brought in at lunchtime or, you know, you know, he was told off in a in an extreme kind of way. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And I would never approach the teacher so I would get my partner to come with me and then I'd be like come on say it say it 
And right. now it's like, you take me in there and I will tell you that I think you've <laughs> spoken to my child Good wrong. Um, and yeah, I think my partner, I was, I actually got in that relationship quite after the um, abusive relationship, which is quite worrying for family and friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But he has seen every single part and been a part of that recovery process. And at the beginning, I I needed him. He was like right there holding my hand tight. He said, you put on a brave face in front of that man. And then as soon as he has turned his back, you cry on my shoulder. So that's what I Mm. did. I put all my strength in that. And then eventually... It was like I was just next to my husband, and now it's like I don't, I don't need him. Like not like right, that. Good for you. Like, I'm, no, in, I'm able. He's, 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 he was quite sad at one point. He got to this point of realizing that I didn't need him in, in the same way, but and he was like, if you could see what I have seen through my eyes, it's incredible. And I just, you know, started to really embrace that. And speaking to people like you reinforce that you know there's a massive journey that we have been on and yes I think it helps listening to other people's stories and it helps um sharing them with other people because there's things that people will relate to um and it has to be the small things not the extreme things that will have that moment where people will realize they're not in a good relationship and that's that needs to happen sooner doesn't it rather than I don't know years of being stuck um yes, so yeah absolutely. absolutely I think it's like you know you have to have that aha moment uh-huh. um like aha he's not gonna change or she's not gonna change so I have to leave and then when you leave you have that aha moment of like, oh my God, this is peaceful. This has been waiting for me all these years. You know, it's such, I, I appreciate life now. I appreciate, you know, not that I didn't back then, but I just have, I just want all of it now mm. where I couldn't see back then that I wanted this. Um, I remember when I would leave him, um, it was really when I moved to North Carolina, when I started working really hard on the play. And when I will come back, I kind of, you know, like I said, I, that's when I found myself on the journey of doing the stage play. But I remember he would always look at me with this weird look, like this really strange look. And then I, I never knew what it meant. But then I realized he was looking at me like, how is she doing this? Because I always told her she could never make it without me. And every time he would see me, I would be so happy. My hair might be more blonde. It might be more longer or I had lost more weight, or I was just, you know, he would always look at me like, how the hell is she this happy when I told her she couldn't be, you yes. know? And, and that's just a sense of, you know, I think like, I always tell people healing is the best revenge. Healing yeah, do you know what? I've just had a similar conversation with somebody else and somebody had once said to me that, um the biggest um form of revenge is success and that's yeah and I have to say that when I came out of the relationship and decided to go on that journey of doing what I'm doing now I felt that now I it doesn't matter to me I just I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing but it's it's really um I don't know it gave me this different kind of energy so to turn what a I think it's called turning a pain into a purpose um, yes. and really um, honing that in, to be honest, because you could go one of two ways, right? You could go down the route we've taken 
or the other route which is you know depression anxiety suffering with the not controlling ptsd or um drinking drugs you name it we could go on with uh, different things and not having any energy and you know just not moving forward at all and they don't deserve that do they no that energy Mm -hmm. they don't deserve that you know so yeah it's definitely um it's so inspiring to hear your journey um so I guess I should say thank you because we're just we we will obviously waffle because (laughs) (laughs) there is so much we we could talk about time limit oh yeah we're way oh my goodness we've been talking this long I know yeah I'm a talker (laughs) no but I think I think it's important and um I want things like this to be a conversation because you know even the things that you have said today to me that will stick with me and that will help me on my journey as well. And hopefully and you awesome. I'll have done that in return in some way. Absolutely. Um, so thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. I know this isn't the end. I know we'll probably end up uh, having a chat on Clubhouse or any, oh, somewhere else in the should. future. We Definitely. absolutely should. And Maybe I'm going to be in touch with you because I want to start a podcast. Yeah. Um, from, I just, yeah, I just wrote a book. Um, it's actually on my website. Oh, I forgot they can contact me on my website. It's uh, the Jennifer Blue Project.com. But I wrote a book titled Girl, We Need to Talk mm. Surviving a Toxic Relationship. And I also did a video with it. So it's a book and a video. But I do my I have a podcast that I'm putting together titled Girl, We Need to Talk. So I would love to have you come on the podcast with us. Definitely. I would love it. Um, yes. Yeah, so for anybody that is uh, looking, um, I think you probably could Google the Jennifer Blue Project and it would probably come up. Um, but yeah. I will pop all of the information in the description of the podcast episode. So you can go ahead and click through and find Jennifer. And once again, I just want to say a huge thank you for, for, for joining oh, me and just being so willing to share your story. Yeah, I, was, I, I just think that, you know, you also for I thank you for doing this podcast and for sharing your story. And platforms like clubhouse you know because you and i probably would have never i don't know if we would have ever connected without clubhouse and this is just letting so many women know that you know they're not alone mm-hmm. we all the healing process is different for everybody but it is possible and there is life after abuse and it is a fabulous one exactly definitely you're a fine example of that so <laughs> so are you A big thank you once again to Jennifer for giving her time up and speaking with me on the podcast. It was such a great connection via Clubhouse and so I was really delighted to hold that conversation. I hope you've taken plenty from it. She was so inspiring and it's certainly going to stay with me. You have been listening to me, Jennifer Gilmore, author of Isolation Junction and Clipped Wings. Both are available on Amazon or you can find them at jennifergilmore.com.